welcome to Exploring the Marketplace podcast. My co-host is Bob Hassan, and we are creating a conversation with Christian marketplace leaders who have careers that have been impacted by their faith. We are also answering your questions about entrepreneurship, business leadership, careers, and how the kingdom of God changes your impact in the marketplace. Come join the conversation now. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace. I'm Bob Hassan with my co-host, Sean Bowles. Sean, who do we have on today? We have our friend Joey Festi, and Joey is a senior managing partner for KM Capital Management in Austin, Texas, and has served his clients for over 30 years. He has a Bachelor's of Arts in Economics from the University of Texas, but he also was working for Morgan Stanley for a while and made a huge transition to start his own company and really believe he's supposed to have a different kind of partnership. And this is after a deep God encounter he had where God plowed him on the floor because of just encountered his heart because he had religion, but he didn't have relationship. And so I love when we get to talk to people like Joey who share that journey of intimacy with God and how connecting to God, and this is a man's man, connecting to God in an emotionally intelligent way and a spiritually intelligent way, it changes everything. And so he has this incredible business that you and I both followed him and his career for a long time now. And we get to talk to him about his, his life and his journey. It's going to be so exciting because I think we're going to hear in him a very real relationship with God, a very yeah. real relationship in his relationships with his family and the people that he loves. And he loves his clients, which is, is, is a breath of fresh air, isn't it? Well, it's kind of that word that I had, which is people are going to get encountered by God and the next great move of God would happen in the marketplace. And Joey's yes. a forerunner of that because he got, I mean, he had religion. He got saved, I think, in his teenage years. So he had religion, but he got encountered by the love of a living God, like a sonship of God. And it changed everything where all of a sudden he had different expectations, different goals, because he's now doing it with God, not for God. And he's not just doing his own agenda and applying his grace to it or applying, you know, faith to it, but he's actually walking with God in a connected way. And I think it's a prototype for what's coming. So I'm so super excited about that theme because I think a lot of people, maybe you're watching or listening and you have a relationship with God, but it's not as connected in how you make your choices in your career or how you, maybe you don't listen to God or have a listening prayer life where you, maybe it's more of a devotional where you're speaking to God versus speaking with God and that's what I love about this kind of show is that we get to have these conversations with people who made that transition. And there's a lot of fruit in it. I know it's been a lot of fruit for your life too, Bob. Well, Sean, you and I are constantly talking about partnership with God and not in the business sense, in the sense of him being the Lord of our life, our yeah. savior, but also us having the ability to partner with him in decisions we're making. Uh, uh, you mentioned in, in prayer, like, to include listening prayer, which is hard for someone like me because I want to check off the list. Yeah. So eight minutes doing this, listen to two worship songs, and then bang, out the door. <laughs> and instead, you know, I think God's calling us to listen to him and to quiet ourselves down and be in a place where we can hear the numerous ways where we're wired to hear his voice. Yeah. And that's exactly what we want to see happen is that the more stories we hear about people who've made that journey and that transition, the more it goes into us to say, oh, I can make different choices today. So I love this show. I love what we're hearing from people. And we have Joey Festi next on Exploring the Marketplace. The most important book 
I've ever written is coming out. It's coming out on February 22nd through bowlsministries.com. You can get a copy. It's called Encounter. And this book is going to prepare you for what God's doing now and the upcoming move of God that's imminent, that God's shown me. And I believe this book is going to help people to come into their assignment and the greater works we're called to. You can get the book now. And if you get it, if you pre-order it in this time frame, you're going to get a free e-course. If you pre-order a wholesale cost of three, five, or 10 books, you also are going to get the e-course and a prayer prophetic ministry appointment. We're going to pray for you as a team and believe in God's greatness in you. We need people who've had encounters to be raised up right now and see the greatness of Jesus through their calling. So go to bowlsministries.com and pre-order today. Well, welcome back. We have Joey Festi with us, Sean. This is going to be exciting. Uh, Joey, I love talking to you and every conversation we've had. And so I'm excited for our listeners to hear just your story and your background in business because it's untraditional in so many ways, how you got involved with what you're doing now. And it's uh, in a shared space that I have a passion for, which is a lot of entertainment people. You're in the sports world. So take us on the journey of how this all started, becoming somebody who, you know, is in this role in this space. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. It's fun being able to talk to two friends about things you love. and. Uh, and so, you know, back 1987, shoot, all the way back a long time ago, almost 35 years, I started cutting my teeth uh, in the brokerage business. And where you had no computers, you had no cell phones, all you did is cold call all day long and you eat what you kill every day. And so that's where I cut my teeth in the business of uh, investments. Um, fast forward to 2002, I was at Morgan Stanley. I had a, had a very big client book. And a part of that client book was athletes and entertainers. Um, mm-hmm. well, I wanted to do something different. I wanted to offer something and kind of services and relational contact and just different context in the business, kind of touch points with clients that I couldn't do at my big firm. And so in 2004, I launched out KM Capital, which was 17 years ago. Wow. Where we have a multifamily office for athletes, and entertainers, and um, just regular entrepreneurs and high net worth individuals, but the majority of my clients are athletes. Hmm. Well, talk about this part because your faith played a huge role in that decision and even moving out. And just as you made decisions along the way, you've made them because of your place of faith. Like talk about your, your role of your relationship with God in your career. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting role because at the very beginning of my role when, you know, I've been a Christian since I was 16, but hmm. you know, I didn't understand the kingdom to almost 1998. And mm-hmm. so a lot of my Christian business walk was more of a religious Christian walk where I could weaponize Christianity. Um, relationship wasn't a high value. It was, you know, talking at people versus demonstrating who God was. It was, it was lectures and, hey, you need to act this way, more conformed Christianity than it was kingdom. And then when I encountered, really had an encounter with God in 1998, Things came around where I actually understood the kingdom, where relationship was a high value and demonstrating who God was through how I treated people in good times and bads and in bad deals and good deals and partners that were not good. And how I demonstrated that life in actually in action was one of the big monumental turns in the way I did business. Wow, that's incredible. Joey, what was the what was the encounter that you had with the Lord in 1998? I mean, how did he get your attention and bring you into this relational based uh, lifestyle that I know you as is very relational? Yeah, it was uh, it was in front of 2000 people. Uh, I was not wanting to be in this gathering at all. 
And um, this this prophetic man was doing ministry. I had no idea what it was. I had no concept of this because I was more of an E-free man, a dispensationalist at the time. And he calls me out of a crowd of 2,000 when I'm actually, for the two hours he's ministering, I'm mocking him. Wow. And he calls me up and says, you in the striped shirt, come up. I start walking down. And the interesting point is, guys, at the very beginning, he said, pray to God for anything you, you want. Ask him for anything. He said, God, I'm believing you for big things in my life. Amen. So as I'm walking up, he looks at me from about 30 feet away and said, I'm believing God for big things in your life also. Oh. <laughs> and that's the last thing I remember. Oh. Because I woke up on the ground and I was never the same again because God came down and said, even in your mocking, I'm going to touch you. Wow. Wow. I actually realized at that point, God was not something I'm studying, but someone that I'm actually encountering. Wow. I mean, it's so different because we know you as that, Joey. We know you as the person who's been, lives this really connected heart journey to God and to your family and to your friends. But, uh, you know, in your role, and also to people you do business with, in your role of like that change in 1998, what was the transition points? Because obviously, like when you were leaving Morgan Stanley, it was because you wanted to offer something new. That wasn't just a Joey idea. That was like, really, there was a God idea in that. So talk about some of that kind of that journey. Yeah. I, um, it's kind of a transition of I, money focused or relationship focused. Mm. Um, you can make a lot of money at Morgan Stanley and, and it was all about the numbers. And I wanted something where I'm interacting, not just with the transaction, but with the person. Mm. Wow. And, and so to create something that actually had not just financial value to somebody, but actually relational value and spiritual value that to a person. And so inside the business, not just doing my job, I'm paid to do my job. So I need to do financially well for my clients. But how about if I can be relationally, do relationally well and spiritually well with my clients and give them wisdom um, from that perspective, it just changed the way I wanted to build. That's incredible. So rather than a numbers-based approach and ROI metrics, you're now you're now including uh, wisdom and your relation. How did it go? Like when you're at Morgan Stanley, how often did you see or talk to a client versus now with your, let's say top 10% of your clients, how often do you touch them now? Oh, we touch them every week. You know, sometimes every day, someone in my staff or myself will be touching them versus every quarter, every six months in Morgan Stanley. As long, you know, as long as I was performing well, yeah, you know, it was less contact here because these are. A lot of my clients are NFL athletes. They're young men with a lot of money. And so there's not just, there's, there's teaching and financial literacy and managing money, but also bringing them up to speed on what types of investments we're in, where life happens. Yeah. Because, you know, people, you know, there's two things that a lot of people don't like to talk about, and that is money and sex and politics, or actually three things, money, sex, <laughs> and politics. And when you're managing money, you have these deep conversations because, I've always said, and you've heard it said before, money's neutral. It just brings out what's inside you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's so good. Wow. Kind of talk about Joey too. I'd love to hear your stories because I know that um, it wasn't all easy once you left initially and that you got to the point even of um, where things could collapse. Like talk about that risk of faith and that risk with your family, your young family and how you made that transition. And what were your kind of, your holding you're, you're, what were you holding on to as far as belief? Yeah, I mean, at the very beginning uh, of my story, I believed in myself, my ability to solve my own problems and mm -hmm. work through anything. When I encountered God, it was like that I could actually trust God. 
that I did not just in my words, but actually in my actions, that peace would follow, even the, some of the worst times. For instance, when, um, I mean, there was times where I was slandered and um, unfairly, and God just showed up on, me, on my behalf that uh, people were trying to come after me and I was protected. Sean, you were a part of that story. We talked about it on a podcast uh, a couple years ago, you know, where um, people were coming after me. And as a result, um, I mean, I had a choice. I could walk in faith saying God is my protector, my provider, or I could actually run with high anxiety, fear, and try to fix it myself. Yeah. And when you partner with God in those, or in those situations, it's amazing how he can bring peace when you partner with him and try to, in trying to, instead of trying to force yourself on him. Oh, that's so yeah. Good. yeah, Joey, I, you know, a long time ago, my, my life scripture is Proverbs three, five, and six. And I even sometimes I personalize it instead of trusting the Lord with all your heart. I trust in the Lord in this situation because yeah. I always find myself trying to control or lean into my own understanding. And, and I find that if I acknowledge him in, in whatever the situation is, he, he's faithful to direct my paths. And I hear the same thing with you is this trust relationship with the Lord that, that just, it just changes everything, doesn't it? And it was hard for me to trust because I, it hard for me to trust because of my upbringing in my family with my father. It was hard for me to trust a father. It was hard for me to do that. So, you know, practically speaking, I could read my scriptures and say them. Yeah. But there was only a small segment of my heart that actually wanted to participate in that journey. I wanted to fix it. I wanted yeah. to do it myself. And yeah. so I was riddled with anxiety at the time or stress and I could be angry. It was it, it really changed my life to be able to go, OK, Lord, I can partner with you in this. I, I trust you and believe in you. Yeah. I'm thinking about just your career and your life and how it's shaped. And was there was there moments, other moments that um, or some of your favorite where God showed up? And for you, and maybe it was an interchange like what you're talking about, or maybe it was something that happened in your career itself that just were really markers of your of your career in life. Yeah, I mean, there's a few a few times where he actually gave me wisdom to see things that I could not see mm -hmm. naturally and expose some things that were going on that were bad and save clients millions of dollars. Yeah. And it was just a, a boom, like, hey, we need to, we need to look at this. And um, there was times where all of a sudden a deal would show up, uh, like what happened back last March, and um, that I just out of left field from a friend of mine in Jacksonville, Florida, um, we have a deal in South Africa that just launched in our in our lap and um, has changed changed a lot changed a lot uh, for a lot of people's lives. And it's wow. and so when you see God move in places where you didn't expect, that's where my faith rises because. When I, when I expect it, I always can question, this is just in my life. I'm not speaking for anybody else's life. I think, well, did I do that? Right? You know, I can, and versus, okay, there's no way I can explain this. Mm -hmm. I've seen that over and over again in my life. And um, we had this big deal happen and big negotiation and big settlement. And, and the Lord asked me, it's a long story, to be quiet through it. Uh, and let my team handle it. And once it was done, wow. the Lord said to me, uh, you know, like, yeah, that was a great business result, but I was showing you that I created you to be uh, this way. And that, and that 
I can do it also through you. And I just wanted you to see that. And it was so humbling the fact that the Lord showed me that to, to, so that I could continue my reliance on him. Mm-hmm. It sort of, it's emotional just thinking about it, but I, I yeah. hear saying those things also. What's interesting guys is that the ancillary effects to the family, you know, is that your children watch you go through these times and it's not just mechanical. It's actually faith filled. And they go, you know, how did you do that? Mm-hmm. You know, cause they see the pressure. I have older children, I have grandkids now. And so they get to see, and it's a, t- it's, it's the best demonstration of testimony. I think your kids can have is how do you handle miracles that come into your life that are very good? And how do you handle the disappointments in life in business and in ministry and all that comes with, and it's something that really, I think my kids love seeing the demonstration more so than the articulation. Absolutely. I do feel like most people are trying to disciple their kids by the articulation. And it's so cool for people who I grew up a second generation Christian. So I experienced what your kids are experiencing. Plus I'm trying to give to my daughters, like we're Sri and my, I, you know, we're like trying to share with them decisions we're making. Like we almost made a really big financial decision recently and I went into a deal and it fell through. It wasn't any consequences as far as finances, but it fell through. And they were watching the whole process. They watched us walk with God through it. And they they were looking for our peace. They were looking for their peace. They were, you know, and watching, I think even little kids, like no matter who they are, when you're articulating your process versus just telling them your process and when you're informing versus sharing, it's so different. And I I happen to grow up with parents who share, and I know you've done that with your children. And it just speaks so much more to people who have family in the midst of what they're doing with their career. Because most people, unfortunately, sacrifice their family for their career. And then they're wondering why their kids are like left behind going, you know, we don't even feel like we're part of your life because they never really shared it, but they would give information. Well, I got a raise. I got this. I got, let's celebrate this. And I love that, you know, you represent somebody who has learned how to be, again, connected heart. Like you and your wife have gone after those, those heart skills, those spiritual life skills that I think are so defining. And it's caused you guys to also, in the midst of what you're doing, you guys built a church as well, which is wild that you had this career, but you had time somehow, or you had a passion or you had a calling to build a church family to talk about maybe the, the tension between doing a career, if there is any, and uh, in a ministry at the same time. You know, it's interesting. The tension is, t- is time, right? You know, the tension is time, but uh, the purpose is the same in business and in the church. I mean, it's people, you know, so it's relational. It's whether we're creating revenue in a business in a business model, right, and having client experiences and, and exchanges versus even in, a, in the church model, the thing is trying to dechurchify church people from a model <laughs> that is top driven mm-hmm. and driven, you know, driven a certain direction where it's relational and that you're not dependent upon me and you shouldn't be. I'm not. A, this is just something we started, but it's not about us. It's about this relationship of family that God created and that we can all do the stuff. We can all experience his presence. We can all do those things and, and get rid of the codependency in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, just like we you, you get rid of codependency in your family and in your clients. I mean, I see in those spheres, no difference except a different location with a, sometimes wow. a different mission. Wow. That's I, agree. I agree. Uh, Joey, I, I think, you know, this compartmentalization that's happened in the world and the isolation that we've gone through in the last few years and the turmoil over issues where people now are digging in their heels and not listening to each other. 
we have to try to protect relationships uh, and not let the issues take them out. And I think yeah. I know you, you've seen this too, Sean, and you and I've been talking about this as how do we, how do we protect the, how do we protect the relationship rather than let the issues destroy us? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, uh, one of the first messages I preached after the week, cause we opened up right away. We're in Texas. So we, had, yeah. we got to preach and just talk about anything. You, you know, if you elevate your a, a political or religious spirit, anything about the kingdom of God, it's idolatry. Mm-hmm. So everything has to flow from the kingdom. And so anything we elevate. And so right now, I mean, you're seeing the kind of people using God, like smiting the ites, you know, like I told you, Bob, on the phone earlier, it's like, you know, the Amalekites, Amorites, all the ites, you know, we want to smite them all. And we're supposed to be loving them. Yeah, and you can't. I, I've always said it many times. You can't have authority with people you don't love, and you're in an industry where people are probably making life choices you wouldn't make, and you're having to serve them in some profound ways. And pastoring isn't that far different from that. Because remember, as a young pastor, I was always trying to help people manage their freedom and manage their disciplines, and it just doesn't work. They have to want it more than I do, and but I can still serve them in incredible ways. And I feel like I love watching what you're doing with, uh, especially the athletes, because we know that in, uh, in that whole industry of athletes for years, there's been financial failure amongst athletes and they get a lot of money quickly. Like you said earlier, and then they spend a lot of money quickly. And if they don't have someone alongside of them, there's not a uh, legacy. There's not longevity to their wealth and their, to their the stewardship of that. So what do you see as far as like, um, people who are involved with your industry, do you feel like it's getting better? Do you feel like people are getting more vision for that legacy? And it's, it's, I know you guys are producing that. Yeah, you know, I think um, it's it's such a it's a space where a lot of money is. So a lot of people want in the space and you, you yeah. see it even, you know, yeah. you in colleges now, sports management degrees are just blowing up, you know, with wow. people wanting in the space. So as a result, you have a lot of people chasing a lot of athletes and competitors. And one of the things is, is I think that's different than me because I'm older, is that I don't view my competitors as enemies. Mm-hmm. You know, when I compete with somebody, I can compete. I love to win. Actually, I like winning more than I like making money. I, you know, it's like enclosing the deal and winning. <laughs> I like to win, you know. And so that was really hard for me when I lost. I thought like, well, my competitors and enemies. No, he's just trying to provide for his family, his wife, his children. You know, so that and in the kingdom, there's more than enough for everybody. So my philosophy in going after the business, going after business was, who, Lord, do you want me to connect with that I can wow. actually share life wow. and have impact in their life? And I don't, I mean, in our business, we're so, we, we grow so close to our clients, they become great friends. I have clients that were playing NFL in the early 90s, and they're like, they're some of my best friends. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean I didn't lose them money at times in their life, right? We, we make money, we lose money. This is the business. Yeah. But we never, we will always stay connected. Yeah. I, Joey, when you said that, it made me think about my business. I lose, I win 10% of the bids that we put out. So I'm used to losing 90% of the time. Wow. Hate losing. (laughs) But I've had to get used to it. And I, a number of years ago, I shifted like, because I would get so frustrated when I was young. I'd say, well, if that guy can do it for that price, I can do it for that price. And that never worked out. I learned from it. Yeah. And, and so, so what I got to is like, okay, Lord, give us the jobs that are right for us. Protect us from the jobs that are not. And he's done that 
over and over and over again, both protected us from bad jobs, given us beautiful jobs. And it's this reliance on the Lord that I, you're talking about that is so incredible to hear. I love my guys. You know, we love yeah. building relationships with them and um, trying to hopefully show them a different model that it's not, you know, it's a different model. Well, and there's something about what you're doing that I think is really unique, which is you guys, in some ways, act as spiritual parents or surrogates to people who maybe don't have that or maybe don't have people speaking into their issues in their lives. And that's a, that's a hard line to, to tell because you have to be really careful with the career, but you guys, you guys are so faithful to just be real. And I love that. Well, Joey, I'm just final thoughts. As far as the people who are watching this show, there's so many people who are looking for God to make a difference in their career or in their place of influence. Um, is there any advice you would give somebody who's on this journey, maybe with where you were at years ago when you were first starting to give God reliance yeah. and uh, yeah. not rely on yourself? Is there any other advice you would give just as far as final thoughts? Yeah. Um, be you, be who God created you to be. Okay. Don't try to clone somebody else's success because your success is going to probably look different than their success because you're different. You have a different background, a different relationship with God, a different call on your life, maybe a different niche. But so many times people want to recreate something that someone already created. And God's a unique God. He wants to create something unique through his sons and daughters. And so I tell people, don't get discouraged with uniqueness. Embrace it. And so find out what it is that God wants you to do and go do it. Because if you're just going to follow what everyone else is doing, it'll be white noise in your life and it'll become a job instead of a life calling. Mm -hmm. And so I think the greatest impact for people in business and in ministry are when they're bowling, kind of bowling in their lane, but just being them, no matter what it is, don't, you know, I, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this also, guys, is that quit trying to be what everyone else wants you to be and be who God created you to be in business and in ministry. Because so it's, it, it, anxiety and stress and lack of peace follows trying to be somebody else or trying yeah. to look like somebody else or act like somebody else. And so that's the best advice I have. Be you and be free and walk with a lot of people in your life. Oh, I love that. Well, Joey, thanks for sharing with us today. Bob and I, of course, love you and our friendship, but also we love that our audience gets to hear from you. And it's so basic, but so real and profound in your life. It's it's at work within you and your story is worth a thousand sermons. I know that today. Well, we have more for you up next. Come join us for more Exploring the Marketplace. Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment to upgrade everything we're doing to have the time and space to do this. It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you. And also so that other people all around the world can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have that they will have this, this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're going to receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have partnership co contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. You guys get it before everybody else and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on a journey with our partners because they are some of our 
They're a team. They're our family. They're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bowlsministries.com under giving and membership, and you will become a partner. Well, welcome back, Sean. We have a question from a listener. I'm going to read it, and I'd love to hear what you have to think about this. You ready? I'm ready. All right. What are three rules or standards a company should set to help cultivate a kingdom mindset without being intrusive? Wow. And I think for me, the first one, when I'm leading people on their journey of discovering why they're doing what they're doing, they have to discover who they're doing it for first. Like God's given me this idea, or I had this idea of what I want to bring to market or or what, how I'm going to serve or whatever it is. And who am I doing this for? And so having the value for the people you serve or connect to or for whatever your, your, your company is for, or however you're going to manage or whatever, that you have that in your heart and that you, that it's a God assignment, that this is part of your calling. Now your career becomes part of your calling because you're doing it for God, for the people that he's loving through you. And that, that makes all the difference in the world. Cause when you have that customer service call, or you have that, that weird interaction with somebody you, you bring it back to, but I'm called to love them. So I'm going to treat this differently than just a normal, like I want my way. I want to, you know, this is unjust. I want I want this result, but you actually consider them and you actually consider maybe where they came from that day. And, and because you now have a calling over them, it's no longer just like, I just had this interaction that everybody has to have because we have to have 300 interactions a day to do business or to whatever, to have our career. The second one, and I'm just going to do two and then you do two or three as well. The second one I would say, besides learning who you're supposed to love and who you're, who is so that it's a calling. The second one I would say is, um, define your goals. Like what are your goals in, because if you don't have goals, then your, your career is going to lead you more than you're leading your career. And people from the outside will influence you and they'll give you greater opportunities that you'll say yes to because you don't really have your goals set. So you end up 13, 15 years down the road and you're like, this thing defined my life for me. Yeah. And I now feel like I'm having a midlife crisis. And a lot of people go through that experience of like a midlife crisis. It's because they didn't have a kingdom mindedness, even as a Christian, at the beginning when they were saying, and then renegotiating those goals along the way saying, why am I here? What is the goal of this? What is God's goal for me? What is my goal for my family? What's my goal for myself? And when you do that, I think it makes a big difference when you set those. I mean, of course, mainstream even tells you the same thing. It's one of the foundational principles of business. But when you do it with God, it's a lot different because you're not just doing it in context to, I want to grow wealth so I can, you know, whatever. But you're saying like, I actually have purposes and why God's going to bring resources, influence, connection, a social capital into my life. And I want to know what that is. So I know how to use those properly. So those are my, my two out of the three that I would say. And, and Sean, I love, I love the first one's great. The second one's right in my wheelhouse. I love planning, strategic planning, going to the Lord. But I think the third would, I would say honor. And, and here's, here's what I mean by this in first John four eighteen. Um, love and fear can't coexist because fear has to do with punishment. And I know that a lot of us work in companies where fear is the motivator in order to get production or hit metrics done. And so you'll have people climbing over other people's backs, people taking uh, credit for other people's ideas. And when we foment a culture of love or a culture of honor, then what we're seeing is, is God having the ability to work through us. If we're bent towards the father, then people, whether or not we're evangelizing or not, people are seeing the father through us. Yeah. So, so building, uh, whether you're on your own business or whether you're on a team or whether you're a team leader or whether, whether you're in an entry level position, building honor 
and love into uh, your routine so that people see that, that I think will set a company uh, apart yeah. from other companies. So that's yeah. so funny. You're so like that, Bob. That's why I think you, you add that principle because you embody even before, like during one of our times between two podcast tapings here today and to these TV show tapings here today, you were speaking to one of the, one of our team, Bulls Ministries team and speaking into her, some of our side projects and stuff. I was listening kind of in the background of what I was doing and you just had this moment of coaching and it was just so valuable for her because things she didn't know, but you also, you did in such a way, it wasn't just informational, but you were empowering her and you were making her feel confidence in what she was doing. And that's just who you are. Like whether you're on set or whether you're in your business with your employees or whether it's a vendor, that's it. And so I feel like sometimes when people share these principles, they don't embody it. It's what they want to be one day, but I'm really glad that that's who you are because it trains us all. And so Bob Hassan, thanks for doing the show with me. And hey, everybody, if you want to ask a question to Sean and Bob, please go to bullsministries.com, B-O-L-Z ministries.com. And the link is there. If you're watching this visually, you'll see it right now. And click on ask a question. And sometimes you can ask an audio question, leave a message for us, or you can write an email. And we're going to be answering those questions on our podcast and in our lives that we do on Facebook. So check our schedule to make sure you can be part of one of our lives on Facebook and YouTube. Well, Sean, thanks again, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Exploring the Marketplace podcast, part of the Exploring Podcast series. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing or even rating and reviewing so that more people can connect to us. Also, we'd love to be part of your spiritual journey, and we have amazing resources at our website, www.bowlsministries.com, B-O-L-Z ministries.com, including other free media, TV shows, books, and even an ongoing mentoring online platform. See you there.